Welcome to Behind the Bookshelves. My name is Richard Davis, and this Abe Books podcast is dedicated to telling the stories behind books and the people who love them. Today, we're going to 32 Windsor Gardens. That London address is where Paddington lives. I'm happy to say that Paddington Bear is 60 years old. He's looking good for his age. The first Paddington book, A Bear Called Paddington, written by Michael Bond, was published on October the 13th in 1958. Bond published more than 25 Paddington books, using various illustrators over the years, although Peggy Fortnum was the first and most famous of them. Each book contains a series of standalone stories where Paddington Bear invariably gets himself into trouble by trying something new. The floppy hat is the one constant accessory from book one. The blue duffel coat and the Wellington boots appeared later. In that first story, Paddington is famously found by the Browns at Paddington Railway Station with a note. Please look after this bear. Thank you written by his Aunt Lucy. Bond's story was inspired by the child evacuees leaving Chil... Bond's story was inspired by the child evacuees leaving London on trains during World War II. Three million British children were evacuated from the major cities to homes in the countryside during World War II. My father was evacuated from Liverpool where the docks and the factories were being bombed to a farm on Anglesey in Wales. It was a traumatic experience for these children. Usually they were billeted with complete strangers who weren't always thrilled with these new circumstances. The kids had no idea if they'd ever see their parents again. Some didn't. This evacuation process had a huge cultural effect on children and their families. It features in numerous books. In C.S. Lewis's novel, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, the Pevensey children are evacuated from London to a big house in the country. Lord of the Flies by William Golding features a plane filled with evacuating children who are shot down over a tropical island. Nina Borden's novel, Carrie's War, is about two children who encounter different religions after being evacuated to Wales. Noel Streetfield's novel, When the Sirens Wailed, is about three evacuees and covers all sorts of problems encountered by the children and the parents they leave behind. Michael Morpogo wrote a fantastic novel called Friend or Foe about two evacuees who befriend a crew of a crashed German bomber on Dartmoor. Many of the first generation of British readers who read the Paddington Bear books to their children in the 1960s had been evacuated themselves. They knew exactly what Paddington was going through. Evacuee children had labels tied round their necks that bore their name and address. They would have carried a small case or a bag, and this is just how we meet Paddington at Paddington Station, one of London's busiest stations with everyone rushing past him. So Paddington, in a sense, is a refugee, a poor lost soul. He's probably also an orphan, but we never learn about his parents. Incidentally, Bond-based Mr. Gruber, the owner of the antique shop on the Portobello Road, on his literary agent Harvey Una, who fled Nazi Germany. Sadly, Michael Bond died in June 2017. He left quite a legacy, 
more than 35 million copies of Paddington Bear books have been sold around the world. And the stories about the lovable bear have been adapted for TV and cinema. Bond was raised in Reading, a big railway town connecting London with the Berkshire countryside. He endured being bombed during World War II and began writing while serving in the army. Eventually, he became a BBC camera operator. It was then that his first book, A Bear Called Paddington, was published. Apparently, Bond lived quite close to Paddington Station, and that's always been a great place to watch people. What I particularly like about Paddington is that he's got a very hard stare. Not just a glare, but a death ray-like stare that makes people feel acutely uncomfortable. Men have to loosen their top collar when he unleashes a hard stare. Paddington very much likes to understand what is right and wrong. And when he feels he's been wronged, he fumes and stares. I also like Paddington because he's practical and usually keeps a marmalade sandwich under his hat in case he gets peckish. Only a children's book written by an Englishman brought up in the age of rationing and before the age of fast food would have something like that in a book. When I was reading the Paddington books to my children at bedtime, we'd frequently have to stop as it became apparent what kind of scrape Paddington was about to get himself into. My daughter would say, so Paddington's going to do this and it's going to make these people mad, right? And I'd say yes, and I'd be laughing. I also like the Paddington stories because he's adopted by the Browns. Adoption is not easy for any parents, especially when the new edition comes from darkest Peru and constantly gets into trouble. So, he's a refugee who doesn't know a soul. He's probably an orphan and he's going through an adoption. It sounds more like a tear-jerking literary novel than a best-selling children's book. There's a very cool bronze statue of Paddington Bear in Paddington Station. I advise that you go and see it sometime. And of course, read some Paddington Bear books. So that's all we have time for this week. Thanks for listening. My name is Richard Davis from Abe Books, and I'll see you next time.